the mental rep. <laughs> Welcome everybody to the Mental Rep, a district podcast where each week we dive into to- into complex topics of training, nutrition, and recovery with a roundtable discussion led by top professionals in fitness and performance. I'm your host, Jorge Diaz, uh, sort of your host. All I do is send out the calendar invites, but for the most part, I'm going to try to structure these uh, episodes in a way that's fun, uh, that honestly isn't boring, and uh, that the information is digestible for anybody, regardless of your background. Um, So if you have any questions that you want answered, you can send those questions directly to us at uh, thedistrict.training. um, on Instagram, um, my Instagram handle is Jorge.tsd. Uh, my Twitter is at DSL Jorge. Uh, my Substack is Donkey Donkey Rafa Molly. I don't know if you guys have ever heard. I of don't Substack. even know what a Substack is. What is a Substack? Well, yeah, what's a Dude, Substack? Substack is a new way. We're gonna be on a Substack. We'll talk about this, but the Substack is basically like a, a blog, like blogs married to Twitter. They had a kid. And you, now you got that scro- scrolling feature of different blocks. I don't know if that makes sense, but I'll, I'll show you guys afterwards. You're going to love this. Um, but next to me is... Uh, so I'm Scott Gunter. I'm a strength and performance coach uh, working primarily with athletes and in sports performance. So what I pr- plan to bring to this podcast is really a uh, neuroscience approach on everything, fitness, strength and conditioning, and trying to explain things with the science. So we get a lot of questions from clients or things that just are trending hot topics. And a lot of times there's information that comes from all these different directions. We're going to try to cut through that and really get to what the research says. And I will probably go off on long tangents like this one, where I talk like a robot and explain things in a way that maybe most people don't understand. I sound like I don't understand it. And then these guys are going to come in and actually turn into English for me. So in other words, he's the very well-educated one of the group. We like to dumbify it. We like to dumbify things. We're going to dumbify everything he spits out. Uh, I'm Dan Boulay. I'm uh, one of the owners of the district training facility, and I'm a health and fitness coach, mostly working with the general population, focusing on weight loss, fat loss, um, and a lot of barbell sport athletes. Uh, I'm going to help simplify what Scott says because half the time I don't actually understand it. <laughs> 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 no, but uh, that, that's our overall goal is to help simplify just the overall research that we find online just to help you guys have a better understanding and create a practical way to actually utilize it. I'm Neil Portolano. I'm one of the coaches here at the district. And I would say some, I'm similar to Dan where I focus on health and lifestyle changes and also with barbell strength sport athletes in powerlifting or Olympic weightlifting. Um, yeah. And I'm here to just talk about health, fitness and fun stuff. You know, I don't know. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and just uh, having some fun here. Let's have some fun. So, yeah. guys, um, I'm going to dig a little bit into your background. Uh, I'm going to start off with you, Scott, because I uh, mentioned that you're the more educated guy. So what certifications you're, do you have? You're building me up here, too. Um, I started in sports medicine for my undergrad degree. That's basically the the guys who you watch a football or, or ladies who you watch a football or sporting event and somebody gets injured on the field. You run out onto the field, do the injury eval, decide whether it's safe, unsafe for them to return. You can go through the full rehab process on that. So I started with a like rehab kind of medical sports oriented background, but then progressed into strength and conditioning. 
Um, pursued my CSCS, the Strength and Conditioning Certification, uh, through the NSCA, National Strength and Conditioning Association, and then continued to pursue additional certifications in uh, nutrition, movement, um, change of direction, speed, agility, things along those lines, because I wanted to be able to offer um, a, a complete coaching aspect to uh, my athletes and really understand what they were experiencing on the field and how I could use these different educational properties to improve their uh, performance. So what kind of athletes have you worked with in the past? Um, we, we've worked with a wide array of athletes, everyone ranging from youth up to professional. We had some um, uh, Olympic athletes in the past, actually in the sport of fencing, dating back to, I want to say the London Olympics, but then two or th uh, three, two athletes in uh, the Rio Olympics uh, brought back bronze medals in fencing. Um, and then we have some professional athletes in Major League Baseball right now. We've had NFL and a couple CFL um, football professional athletes and then a lot of collegiate sports. Okay. So I'm going to go back and ask you about how you got into that. But for now, I'm going to move on to Dan. Dan, uh, you've got many, many years of experience as a uh, personal trainer, as an owner. What's your background? Where did you get started? Um, I kind of got into the industry by accident, honestly. Um, I love telling this story because when I first started personal training, it was actually because I was looking for a front desk job. Um, I knew a couple of people in the industry. I was looking for a job at the front desk just simply so I can get a free gym membership when I was in college. Smooth. Yeah, that no, was awesome. Um, when I went in for my interview, he basically started talking to me about personal training, all of that, because he knew I had a degree or getting my degree in exercise physiology and the rest was history. Went from a few different gyms, worked in a commercial setting, worked in a boutique style studio, worked in a garage style gym. And pulling all of that kind of, I guess, those experiences, kind of blending the things that worked really well at each gym and then bringing them here and putting our own little flavor to it. Excellent. Excellent. And Coach Neil, now you have a very diverse background in all of the different types of uh, sports that you've uh, been involved in, ranging from combat sports to resistance training. Um, what's your background? What sports have you been involved in? And how did you get into personal training? Um, so I started off first uh, coaching, Taekwondo coaching, um, just like fitness classes within my Taekwondo school. And I was teaching kids at the age of like 14 uh, to um, our little dragons program, which is like five years old. So um, what, and then belt did also, you make it to? what belt did you make it to? I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Uh, fourth degree black belt. Woo. So I was a certified instructor and I was able to uh, train like the adult class, the teens and adults. Um, and Those like the oldest- legal weapons. <laughs> Are they legal? Are they legal weapons? Are your hands legally registered as weapons? They aren't. Oh, yeah. Your feet. What about your feet? <laughs> <laughs> Those legs. Yeah. No, they aren't. They aren't. But um, definitely. Yeah, like the oldest student was like sixty-five years old. So I I had fun teaching like Taekwondo classes, and um, my favorite part was like the the physical physical fitness aspect of it. So uh, I just got comfortable teaching in big groups and small groups and it just felt like i was kind of like the only guy who was really into like the physical fitness aspect of, of martial arts and then um i met dan in college and I, we went to the same college yeah william patterson university um and i got my degree in exercise physiology uh, i started coaching first at this barbell club in union called adelante barbell club and that's where i kind of got exposed to a lot of um powerlifting uh athletes and clients 
and started getting comfortable with uh, strength training. And then from there, I got into uh, Olympic weightlifting, dabbled into that. And I actually did my first uh, physique show uh, for bodybuilding. Um, and But unfortunately, that got canceled out uh, because of COVID. But uh, I guess you could sum up my coaching in different aspects or different respects within fitness. And that's something that I really wanted to get into was because just trying trying everything out and just trying to um, make my journey into fitness, um, I guess, like different than everyone else. You know, I wanted to do it all. Okay. It can almost be seen as like the Swiss army knife of coaching. Swiss army knife. Yeah. How about yeah. yeah. Hold it on. <laughs> you like that? That's a yeah. good one. Yeah. Uh, peacock. Just as deadly too. <laughs> so how did the district start? Again, it was another accident. An accident? <laughs> no, not really. Honestly, so like when we kind of look back at it, Scott and I have both collectively been in the industry for almost two decades. Um, we're both, okay, never mind. I was about to say under 30. Um, we're both like late 20s, early 30s. Like, so <laughs> collectively, we've been in the industry for about a third of our life each. Yeah. Um, so it's always been something that we've been kind of working towards. Um, when I say, when I do say it was an accident, it was more so just the idea that like, we started, we don't just talk a little bit about potentially opening up a space together, just kind of joke about it, joke about like me trying to hire Scott as one of my team members, all of that. Eventually, he wasn't really about that idea, but we came together finding this space that we're sitting in right now, this beautiful little D logo behind us. It's like putting um, bunk beds in your room, right? Yeah. <laughs> Look at all this space for activities. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but we, we came together after finding this space put together a mock business plan and then kind of dove into it and didn't really look back. So what do you, what do we really do here? What do we specialize in? Changing lives and having fun, improving performance. What we do here at the district is we utilize scientific principles and apply them to different people, regardless of where they are in their fitness career. So whether you're somebody who's trying to lose weight, whether you're somebody who's trying to get stronger, or you're somebody who's performing pretty well at a sport and you're just looking to get to that next level, you realize that your appearance, that your aesthetic will affect your confidence level. You realize that uh, you're, 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 what you eat, um, um, how you move on a day-to-day -day basis will affect your performance. You come in here for that expertise so that you don't have to um, spend countless hours researching and trying different principles. We've already done that research for you. We've already studied. We've already tried it with prior clients and seen what's worked. I think Mike Tishere likes to credit this to uh, emerging strategies. So when he sees something working in one of his other clients, he applies it to other clients. And then the more clients that he applies it to, the more data he has and the more he has to support uh, certain um, thought processes or theses. Is that is that not sort of what we do? That's well said. I'm actually relatively impressed. So why'd you guys get started? Why'd you guys get started into fitness, into training? Why'd you guys step into the gym? So I got into fitness uh, because one, I was literally like the smallest guy at the um, Taekwondo school. I felt like I was the weakest one uh, when I was sparring. So I was getting bodied, I was getting kicked, punched, I was getting thrown down. Like I was just a rag doll, right? And I just wanted to get, <laughs> and I just wanted to get stronger. I really wow. wanted to get my weight up and I also, at the time, like I was dating someone and then we ended up breaking up. Uh, because you were too small. No, not because I was too small. It was because she found someone bigger. 
yeah, she found someone that was stronger than me. <laughs> I'm, I'm just kidding. But at the same time, I was like, you know what? Like, let me do this for myself. Let me start going to the gym. Let me get the reps in. Let me get stronger. Let me improve my performance. And at the time, I was just following like bodybuilding.com programs, asking people in the gym what to do, asking my like older friends, like, hey, well, how do I lift? You know, I, ne I never really had that confidence walking into the gym, never had that confidence walking into like a sparring match. Um, because I knew like that guy was bigger than me and taller than me, you know what I mean? And I couldn't mm. use my strength. So I ended up training really hard for like a UFC fight that we did at our school and I lost. And then I was like, you know what? I got to change up my training. I got to make sure that like I'm doing the right things. And yeah, from then on, um, I started winning matches a lot more. My confidence was going up, uh, started falling in love with the process of just getting stronger. And here we are now. Yeah, it's kind of like stacking up your wins, you know, like mm -hmm. you're stacking up your wins in the gym. Um, you ha practice winning, right? Because what do they say? Before you enter a match, you've already won. Um, and so I could see how that would play a role in your level of confidence as you're walking into a match. And especially when the guy's bigger than you, right? Mm -hmm. You really feel those effects of what is it, Darwin Darwinism, you know, the survival of the fittest or yeah. the largest. Oh. Um, so, yeah, I, I could see why you would step into that gym and I, I could see how you would relate to other people who may feel the same way as you do, you know, um, probably weighing under like 150 pounds, under 70 pounds as a 5'8 male. Um, what about you, Scott? How did you like what? what do, do you remember getting your first like gym membership? I'm, I'm not going to ask you where I, it was, but what was going through your mind when you first got your first gym membership? I mean, I, I was probably introduced to the weight room through sports. Okay. So I did track and field in high school, and it was always something where you would finish your events, whatever you're training in. I did pole vault hurdles, jumps, some sprints, though I wasn't great at those. And then whatever energy you had left, you would go into the gym and you would kind of stick with the exercises that you knew, which was nothing. So you would go to the exercises that the upperclassmen tried to do, which was your squat, your bench, and then maybe some machines that they had there. There wasn't a lot of guidance. There was probably a lot of poor supervision going on that nowadays would be lawsuits. But you get under a bar, you get humbled by it really quick. I remember early on doing like we had some bench a thon or something like that. And again, I was Sounds probably hundred. Awesome. It, it's awesome. <laughs> yeah. It's awesome wow. until you can't really bench one thirty five. Dang. Uh, so you get there. I mean, not me, but this, this kid. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, no, I, th I think I did it for a couple reps, but either way, like I didn't know anything. So I think I, at that point, I probably got a gym membership outside of there, um, started going a little more regularly. And then I really got more involved in it through college as uh, I, I was doing mixed martial arts. I actually ended up going to, I uh, early on, I went to the same Taekwondo Academy as Neil, which we found out much later. Yeah. From there, I got my black belt, thought this is good enough. Apparently, they go up way past that, Neil. And I decided to go into Muay Thai, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, and just kind of compete loosely in uh, mixed martial arts and continue that through college. And then just as part of a normal fitness routine, would go to the gym there. Um, I really got more involved in the gym after college, again, started in sports medicine, and then got um, had, had an opportunity where... 
I had a little bit of time before starting this next job and I wanted something that would expand what I could do in an athletic training field. So I started to, um, I took on an internship in sports performance and really fell in love with it there. Started lifting at that job and got more passionate about it and started to move fully into sports performance, strength and conditioning, pursue the certifications there. Um, but you start to realize early on that there is, there's a lot of discrepancy between between certain gyms, between sports performance gyms, between what the information actually says, what's being actually coached. And there really is not a huge barrier to entry. If you are somewhat fit, like no offense, Dan, but there are a lot of people walking to the gym and then they're looking maybe for that front desk job. And then somebody's talking to them about being a trainer and you, you at least have the degree background, but there's a lot of places that are just hiring people because they look the part. There's a lot of social media. The part. <laughs> I don't know how on, I got the job. <laughs> there's a lot of people on social media who look the part, act the part, and they're giving out all this information. And I, I started to realize, okay, what the book says or what the research says or what's ap- actually applicable is not always what's being taught. And I wanted to cut through that. I saw that as an opportunity to expand my client base because if I could talk to my clients different. If I could give them better results than the person next to me, I could charge more, get more clients. I could grow my business. And that's what I tried to pursue over the next couple of years. That's interesting. So at what point did you realize that you can actually learn some of these things that you're not necessarily born with certain genetics and it's not something that's uh, already dictated before you're, you step on the field or you step into the gym that you can actually um, manipulate different variables, um, and you can, I guess, for lack of a better word, periodize, which just basically means like um, create cycles within your training period so that you can get better. Um, at what point did you realize that you can learn some of this stuff? I, I mean, it's I always looked at it as you have kind of a scale or range of what you're capable of um, based on what you're born with. I mean, there's certain people who are born with immense genetic potential. They're going to be bigger bone. They're going to be larger in high school. They're going to be your big football athletes that tend to succeed without even touching a weight. They're going to go into the gym, be able to bench 225 pretty early on without having to really work up to that. And then there's certain people who are born a little smaller bone, a little bit less genetic potential, we'll call it, or a, or a uh, smaller range to work with. What I wanted to look at was within your range, and that has to do with your strength, your performance, explosiveness, your energy levels, within your ranges of those different options, what certain things could you do with science? What could you do with information that pushes you to the top of the genetic potential? Obviously, there's certain things that you can only go as high as you can go, but there are a lot of things that we're leaving on the table, and there's a lot of people walking around not expressing the full capability of their genetic self. So what I mean by that is if you're walking around and you're maybe breathing polluted air, you're eating fast food every day, you're maybe not getting adequate sunlight, you don't have uh, a lot of social interactions, all of these things affect your growth, your development, and your genetic expression. So if you can enhance those things, figure out what the best nutrition is for what it is you want to compete in, figure out what the best training program or right stimulus is for what you want to compete in, and then surround yourself by a good environment. I mean, we here at the district talk about lifestyle change a lot that goes hand in hand with fitness, with health, with athletes as well. If you're addressing these lifestyle changes outside of it, you're getting as close to the top of that genetic potential as possible. And that's what I wanted to do was level that playing field for people who 
didn't have necessarily all the opportunity from a genetic standpoint, but then take the people who do have high genetics or the genetics that will allow them to get to the professional or elite levels and use science, use this genetic expression to get them to compete at the highest levels and stay there longer. I love that. I love that you're basically drawing a parallel between an athlete um, and um, a person who may not be, I guess, working sports, so to speak. They're actually, they're doing maybe uh, another sedentary job. They're maybe working somewhere else, but you're drawing this parallel between a performance sports performance and uh i guess your average show so that's kind of our goal of what we wanted to do here when dan and i co-founded co um the district training facility we wanted to create a place that had a unified purpose if you look at the word district it's essentially defined as a a common area or a certain section that has a unique defined collective purpose so with us, even though we have a couple different clients here, um, different client types, we have your general population, your people who are looking to do body transformations, your people who are looking to compete in physique or compete in strength sports, and then your, your athletes who are looking to compete at higher levels, that common definition is we want people who are looking to be high performers in whatever it is they do. They're looking to recognize that you're here right now, wherever that is you're standing where your two feet are and there is a path to get to where your goals, um, there, there's a path to get to where you want to get to. And if we give you the tools, if we filter out all the information and do the work from the fitness, nutrition, recovery side, we leave more room in, in your life for you to focus on what matters. If that's, if you're an athlete, you get to focus more on winning. We get to take the training, nutrition, recovery, and movement systems and give you all those tools to succeed. If you're a, a mother or a um, weekend warrior working at home, you get to focus on your life outside of here, your social interactions, your relationships. We want to be a common collective place where people are surrounded by other people who have that common goal and desire for, for achieving what they're capable of achieving. Solid. All right. One more question. I'm going to go down the, down the row. Anybody who feels like answering this question can answer this question. Um, mm -hmm. um, 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 what's your why? Why are you, why are you in the gym? Why do you still lift? Not why you coach, but why you lift? I want to ask you as a, as personal, like you all train in something, you know, I know Scott's been on the bike at 6 30 AM. Dan, you'll do some, uh, benching lately as of lately before you were doing like Ollie lifting. I want to bench 400. You want to bench 400. And then, uh, Neil, you've been very, very successful at, uh, training and coaching people as well as performing as an Olympic lifting athlete. For those that don't know, Olympic training is, um, when you're doing the snatch or the clean and jerk, which are two uh power movements that require you to move a bunch of weight as quickly as possible um and <laughs> both essentially holding it over your head mm -hmm. which is kind of nutty so um what's your why guys feel good and look good naked fair that's fair amen to that one <laughs> <laughs> can, can we do a close-up of dan's expression after We're that definitely going to do a close-up to that one. and then edit out that one so <clears throat> number one feel good look good naked number two, i actually got that as a quote from uh dr charles something dr charles i forget what his last name is but physical therapy rx okay okay next individual what's your why what's your why scott what do you, why have you been getting up and going to the bike at 6 30 a.m because i want to see what i can do if i have 100% energy into all my endeavors. And I, I 
definitely know this is an industry where you can get burnt out. You can spend 12 hour, 13 hour days in a very rewarding field. But when you're doing that over and over again and you don't take care of yourself as much, you need to, you need to really prioritize that so that you can, you can give a hundred percent to your clients, your relationships, your life outside of here. And I mean, overall, you feel better, you feel more confident, you feel um, really, really just healthier in general. Um, nice. <laughs> yeah. You feel good, you act good, right? I mean, it's almost like something that we preach to all of our clients. Like, it's it's hard to have people follow us and follow, like, our example if we're not really setting the bar for them. Yeah, I agree. Um, I agree. But I feel like, you know, we have our own whys of what we do, what we do, as opposed to just trying to... Uh, pretend like we walk the walk we actually live it and we, we 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 walk the walk we talk it too um sometimes we'll like lunge it as well um neil what's your why my why is because well the reason why i got into fitness was obviously heartbroken i was so weak <laughs> um but being like five six and a half you know i'll round up a little bit five six and a half and at like 130 pounds, I wanted to be, even though I was short, I wanted to be like the strongest guy in the gym, you know, You're moving weight. Pounds at that yeah, way. what about now? What, what's now, your now? <laughs> Sheesh. I was around, okay, th this morning I weighed like 190 pounds, okay, 190. Wow. All right, 190 pounds. Thick. Thick. But, you know, I had wanted to get stronger. I wanted to be that guy. I was like, damn, that guy is moving weight. You know, he's he's strong for his for his height, you know, for his size. And I was like, that plays a big role in my confidence, knowing that, hey, I could hit this weight and I know that you can't. All right. So whatever. You know what I mean? You Talk your shit. shit to your I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, but obviously in the district. Just straight to Sid. <laughs> in the in the district, there are a lot of clients who are actually, you know, maybe some of Scott's or Dan or your your clients, they are stronger than me. You know what I mean? But I'd be like if they're like, hey man, like I don't see you doing this, but I'm like, you know what? Let me do it real quick and I'll show you. You it's know, still what like I mean? competitive. That competitive, that competitive yeah. mindset. Absolutely. Yeah. So I like being, I'm a competitive person. I forgot what the main character from Billions was, but it reminds me, you know, this guy's like, uh, he's playing the character of like this super successful um, president, owner of a hedge, hedge fund. fund. And um, one of the things that he says in one of his episodes is, you know me, you know, when I'm running on the treadmill and there's a guy next to me, I don't stop until they're gone. And, and, and he also talks about how, um, how he's the last one in the office every night. And, um, you know, he just, I guess, to put things into perspective, he just wants to have the biggest ego in the room. And um, sometimes an ego is good. Sometimes egos are what promotes growth. Um, so um, by all means, I can see why you would want to practice that skill because having an ego is a skill. So you practice it in the gym, you practice it in a training, you then go out there and perform in whatever area that you may be in. So kudos but, to you all. But yeah, but you know, at the end of the day, I would want our clients or whoever just to be like, wow, like Neil did this. Like, you know, that that's what keeps me like going like, oh, he did the powerlifting me. You know, he, he put me in that. He did bodybuilding. He did weightlifting. And that gets me motivated because like, hey, like you're not the only person. Like I'm not the only person that can do all these different things. You can too. Which is and it's wild, doable because you weren't thinking that way when you were doing it. You I were wasn't. Doing I was just doing it one step at a time. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So that got me motivated. And, you know, obviously it's not for them, but it's also for myself, you know, doing a difficult thing every day 
that that's really good for your self-esteem you know mm -hmm. doing a difficult thing that's different like something that's different something that's different yeah for sure like this podcast hey so that's our first podcast episode um if you have any feedback please 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 share some of that feedback um if you have any questions or any topics that you would like to hear on this podcast pertaining to sports performance nutrition training or recovery please hit us up on instagram um our my email is jorge at strengthdistrict.com um instagram handle is jorge.tsd um any other channel that you might find me on I don't know, man. If you can talk to me, just reach out to me and I'll happily uh, share the subject with the guys and we will make an episode on it. All right. Thank you for tuning in. Goodbye. Peace.